everybody. Welcome to the gym. This is the Prayer and Push-Ups podcast. My name is Ben Tulugan. I am here with Neil, the giant Ginger Maxwell. And after a number of weeks of focusing on, well, I should, I should say first, we are here working on, focusing on health for you, the faith, mind, and body, uh, soul. My goodness, I just botched that whole thing all up. So anyway, uh, we after focusing a lot on the faith aspect, we are taking a turn tonight and we are going to be looking at more of the physical health side and building those things we called muscles, uh, we'll, which we will get into here shortly. But first, our warm-up, because before you start working any muscles, you need to do a good warm-up. So Neil, how have you been, my friend? It's been a week now since we've chatted. Yeah. How's the no. last week been? Uh, a good, bad, but good. Uh, uh, bad in as much as we're still stuck in the house. True story. We're still stuck. Uh, quarantining, good because the weather's been great. Um, good because projects are getting done and accomplished. Um, bad because distance learning for middle schoolers is not efficacious as it could be. I just wanted to let you guys know that. <laughs> <laughs> There is something good about incarnational learning physically in the same space. Anyways. Um, and then, uh, um, no, good things. Just good, good things. Uh, How's it been for you uh, training-wise? Training-wise? Uh, training-wise, uh, it, it's been interesting because um, – today this week was like the deload week right so you like build up build up intense intense or whatever then you like take a half step back or whatever to allow your nervous system to recover um but so it's like opportune that it's been deload week because uh for a very good reason i've been getting less sleep this week and i've also been walking and moving and like doing physical work a lot more than i would like normally so Mm -hmm. Um, it's all balanced up and I've taxed my nervous system in my body just as much as I would normally. So, <laughs> uh, like it, uh, but I stuck with the plans. So like that's a thing. So, um, and what were you doing this week that caused you to get less sleep? Uh, less sleep. Uh, I went hunting, went hunting. Buddy of mine took me out turkey hunting, uh, showed me the ropes on how to do it. I got a and, picture this morning yes. of Neil holding up a turkey. Very proud of himself, Indeed. as well he should be. Yeah, got uh, yeah, got a. Uh, so we went out uh, <clears throat> yesterday morning. We got up at three thirty. Was on the road by five in the woods by five thirty. We were out there till uh, getting close to noon, like getting close to noon, um, chasing a couple different birds with no luck on Saturday, and then. Um, got home, talked about it. And we're like, okay, yeah, no, we're going back tomorrow because uh, we came up with the, this one uh, Tom plan of attack. We had a plan of attack. We had a strategy, right? Cause we were figuring out his patterns. That's what we did all morning was like sitting there chirping back and forth with them. And then uh, come up with a plan, get up earlier, get up earlier, get into the woods. So we're in the woods. We're left by four 30 in the woods before five o'clock. And first thing we get into our spot, we set our decoys out, we snap a stick and it was enough to wake up the bird and send him flying. 
<laughs> and so the time that we strategized to get just went gone into another cornfield and away from us. Um, luckily, we heard another one uh, starting to gobble. So we went up, set up at a different spot, and that's the one I got this morning. So Awesome. And I got, a, I got them like as the sun was rising. So like it wasn't like it was still very, very early. And so we were home by, you know, half past six. Or like nice. <laughs> so then like, or said maybe seven or whatever, maybe it was seven by the time we got there. And then like, you know, took our trophies, butchered it, brought home the meat. So all right about, so I was able to get home to the wife and kids right as they were like still waking up. <laughs> Very so nice. I felt like I had lived like a whole day, right? Stuff before my family even woke up. So yeah. like it was phenomenal. And then we got to go to actually go to. We went to. I went to a parking lot mass today. Very cool. Where'd you go? Uh, so my parish, my the parish in which I am registered and employed by, uh, they hosted it at the local VFW. Oh, cool. So it was just <laughs> in their parking lot. There's a basically we sat in this parking lot, and then at the parking lot. At the end of it, there's a nice hill. Okay. And so they set up the altar and the stuff on top of the hill. And they broadcasted the audio through an FM station that they, I guess, were... Oh, so it was like a drive-through. Or drive-in so movie theater, drive basically. It was, it was drive-in yeah. theater mass or whatever. They still managed to take a collection. Because where two or more are gathered in my name, we can take a collection. <laughs> uh, and so they had a bunch of the, the local, you know, the, the Knights of Columbus... Uh, wearing N90, where like some had N95, some were just wearing like normal face masks, and of course they were just kind of like stretching out their arm as far as they can with those like six foot collection baskets, anyways. Yep. So they were like, you know, never miss an opportunity. No, we? well, <laughs> you know, especially in a time when parishes are seriously hurting, you got to take every opportunity you can. I I get I, it. I, I can't I can't knock them. I mean, there's the number of people I know already that that were parish staff that are furloughed or laid off until further notice, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's consistently growing. And, uh, yeah. So my, my hope is that they get, I mean, I know because I work for the school, that's one of the reasons that, um, essential employee because I'm, you know, educator, mm -hmm. but the, um, small business loans for salary protection, yeah like are being extended so i'm just wondering how many parishes who furloughed early went back and saw that they could or couldn't get that um salary protection to keep their staff on to do the ministry in order to do the ministry i, I, I maybe if you like furloughed them then you're ineligible to do it or whatever you'd have to like hire back on then apply or something yeah. like for the payment for, for the protection or whatever because like it's a it's a not like it's a free loan it's a loan yeah, I mean, that you don't have to repay. There's stipulations. To, I, I don't think it's entirely you don't have to repay. I think there is at least, I think it's a certain percentage of it you don't have to repay if you use it in a, basically primarily for paying salaries. So Sure, um, which either way is going to reduce the cost of maintaining staff. Right, in right. In theory, and then so if you have lower collections. But I'm, I'm, I'm not a business manager. That's not my thing. Yeah. So it's well, just, I know a number of parishes did pursue it. So, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, we're my business manager said that they're working on it or they're in process. Yeah. I just don't know what it is and 
they're, they're how they're pursuing it or who they're working with because it's being distributed through banks. Yeah. So they got to work with their, like whoever they bank with. And mm -hmm. so it's different based off of who you bank with, which may or may not be a good idea. It kind of enacts the principle of subsidiarity where a smaller entity rather than the giant federal government is making it happen. But at the same time, if not, if not supervised, I've heard very, uh, bad things of certain banks using it to um, influence very particular clients and giving it, giving, you know, get line cuts to certain people kind of thing, mm. as well as denying, um, denying people who've come to that particular bank because they don't hold uh, certain types of accounts with them. Mm. But they might be the only one in town who actually has access to the funds. Okay. So there's just like, there's, there, there'll be interesting things that'll come out on this. I think yeah. once this all, I mean, it was, done. it was put together pretty quick. Um, yeah. To the point that it actually ran out of money and they had to, I, I heard they just got it approved to refund it, but I forget well, I mean, how much when, it was for. When your unemployment, when your current unemployment rate is, is higher than the great depression. I get yeah. It. Well, Hopefully it'll be short-lived. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see yeah, what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. Anyways, but, so what's, what's, oh, oh um, what, and I'll talk about that later. What's going on with you? Um, yeah, so this last week, I actually, I was inspired by our conversation with um, Tyler. Was that two weeks ago now, I think we did that one? Sure. Our guest episode with... Uh, guest pass number two with Tyler. Guest pass number two and uh, with Tyler Yearby. And I've been thinking about this for a while and it just really inspired me. So I decided, you know, I really want to start focusing more on range of motion. Sure. Um, than I do just strength. So this last week, I kind of took a week to really just start focusing on stretching and trying to get some of that motion back. And I actually looked into some different uh pilates things to kind of get some different types of stretches and movements in to help with that and sure so did some of that and then uh today because it was just absolutely gorgeous out and because i needed to get out and clear my head for a while anyway i decided i would go for my first solo run of the year um which was good it was uh <laughs> I the the thing I was thinking of at the end. If I don't know if you ever watched Parks and Rec, but um, when when Andy tries to run two miles for the first time, <laughs> uh, collapses on the track. That's kind of what I was thinking of when I got done. But Jeez. to be fair, I was faster than he was in that, so I felt pretty good about that. Anyway, um, but yeah, so it was good though. It was good to get out. It was good to take two miles and put it under my belt for the first time this year. And looking forward to hitting that some more as the year goes on and um yeah so that's go. been good and uh we started i went into i adjusted my diet this last week too after the that week that easter octave um, <laughs> of absolute and total craziness uh Indeed. i i cut out dairy and gluten for a while again to try to uh -oh. um feel a little better because i always i don't know what it is why it is but i always feel better 
when I'm not ingesting dairy and gluten, or at least a lot of dairy and gluten. It's not like I'm, I just feel more sluggish when I'm getting a lot of that in my diet. So depending on your, depending on your, like your personal, like your, like your personal allergies or whatever, and like how you, or your microbiome that's in your gut health, right? like you just might not have the right environment to be able to handle that stuff. And it might just be really inflammatory for you. And so when you take out those two inflammatory factors, yeah, like you're doing that. And plus think of it this way. Um, I think one of the big things people don't realize about like the, if you don't keep track of your diet and you look at kind of typical American foods, like Midwestern foods, I think like the amount of carbohydrate we have, whether it's like, sugar or otherwise even like right. good carbohydrates like potatoes and you know whole wheat yeah. and all that other jazz and like but like we don't realize that the percentage of our plate that's carb is huge yeah you don't realize how much of what you eat is carbs until you try to go gluten-free because i mean there's still obviously there's still carbs you can take you can t- um ingest when you're gluten-free sure. but it just really starts to how many things just bread alone, how many things have, have that in it as, or wheat in it as one of the ingredients. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, then you, you look at all the pastas and everything else that we ingest too. It's mm-hmm. so many of our go-to meals involve some sort of a, a grain, um, made thing, a wheat made thing. So. I mean, that's why, yeah. I mean, that's why the typical, your, your typical bodybuilders, you know, for his carbohydrate, he's going to have rice, potatoes, mm-hmm. um, yams, and uh, um, like either like quinoa, couscous. Yeah. So my makes sense of quinoa, yeah. couscous, if they get it, um, not from the box, but like get it, you know, from the like, nat- more natural without processing in it. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the, the go-to bodybuilder meal, the, their signature meal is chicken, rice, and broccoli, right? Correct. <laughs> Correct. Which I mean so, is, is, I mean, that's, that's all well, that's all well and good to, I mean, those are good that. foods. They're good foods to eat, but yeah. you can overdo it too. So I think that, uh, I mean, it, there's a lot of interest. I mean, I don't want to go on like a diet tangent or whatever, because those things, but I think that there's uh, something to be said about uh, doing an elimination diet to just figure out what works and what doesn't work in your system and then reintroducing foods. So either using something like the gaps diet, going like keto and doing a specific type of keto, doing whole 30, um, doing carnivore diet, just for the sake of figuring out what your food tolerance are. Right. So, I mean, you can pay for a lot of testing and do that, but who has that kind of money right now rather than just doing food choices, which is like a little bit of increased cost, but not as, like detrimental. I mean, that's one of the things is they had a big free food giveaway here in, um, here in town. And it was one of the, um, foods, uh, processors that usually goes to like cafeterias and, and restaurants and prisons and just like mass food production. Yep. We produce eggs and uh, potatoes. That's like, their two things they do and they're giving away tons of food. And so we got, you know, two dozen each box that they gave out. It was like a family box or whatever, mm-hmm. like uh, two dozen hard boiled eggs, four quarts of liquid eggs to like scrambled eggs or whatever to, yep. to cook. Uh, and then two <clears throat> giant containers of potatoes, either hash brown potatoes or um, 
cubed red potatoes. Okay. So um, it was free, but it was highly processed. Yeah. It was highly processed. Um, but a lot of people took advantage of that because in unsure economic times, like you're going to sacrifice food quality for the sake of saving money. Right. So that you can, you know, stretch out your dollar. But I, like I tell you what, like I could tell, I could tell like the first, um, I don't know, it'd be gross, but like the first bowel movement after eating that food, <laughs> like, like I was wow. like, oh, no. oh, well, that's how you know. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm aware, but man, I don't know if they, I don't know if our listeners signed up for that. <laughs> it's a health and fitness podcast. There's a fantastic th- a song in Scrubs, right? Like everything comes down to poo. It, it, I love that song. Uh, everything goes down to in the musical episode of Scrubs, uh, which, um, so I mean, it's not like it. It's it's just one of these things that like it, it, you can tell directly when you live a healthy enough diet. Just you're in tune with your body, and you listen to it, and you can tell just like kind of when things are on and off. But anyways, so you've been training and stuff like that. But like spiritually, what's going on with you? Um. It was a it was a rough week to get back into it this week. Prayer has been, um, you know, I've been I've been praying. Uh, still been doing the daily rosary and everything, but it's just been it's been a tougher week this week to sure. to really enter into it. So, um, got got a little spiritual direction on that this this weekend and. Uh, hoping to make a few changes and see kind of where things go with this new week. Do you now? Do you have an actual like spiritual director, like that you regularly meet with, or did you just get good counsel? <clears throat> Trust it. I do have a regular sp- spiritual director, but I don't regularly meet with him. Spiritual directors <laughs> are hard to find. T- you know, it's hard to find time to actually meet with them, especially when you're on quarantine or it's not quarantine, it's a shelter in place. But um, yeah. This was just from uh, a, the the pastor at my parish. Uh, okay. Oh, so the, it, the so. one who's the ones whose primary responsibility is the care of your soul. Good for him. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it was good. I had a chance so. to talk to him very briefly, and um, good. So yeah. Good. But good. how about you? Uh, if I didn't already talk about it, um, I think it was really you did good. not. Oh, I didn't. I thought I talk while well, you were talking. I was, anyways, but. Um, very good. Uh, we, um, have you ever heard of Schoenstatt? Schoenstatt community? Yes. Okay. So we are, a we are an official Schoen, we have an official Schoenstatt shrine in our home. We are a Schoenstatt family. Um, my wife's family was growing up. And so we officially, uh, erected and consecrated our shrine this past week which has just been an abundant source of spiritual consolation. I feel like everything before that was literal demonic, like attack, spiritual attack on my wife and myself. It was absolute chaos getting it set set up every moment since then. uh, It's been a great blessing and spiritual consolation. So um, if people who don't know what it is, um, essentially there's a home, uh, what's, Schoenstatt is a shrine, a Marian shrine for uh, Queen and Victorious Thrice Admirable Mother of Schoenstatt and started out in Germany in 1914 and Mary, uh, it's an approved church apparition, approved apostle of the church 
and what happened is um uh as a call and response to kind of like the troubles of the world and persecutions the direction was decided then to like rather than people coming and visiting the shrine to take the shrine into the home and to make a home shrine and a heart shrine so you make a um so you erect a shrine a copy of the icon of Shonset, um which is a um, Marian icon holding the infant Jesus and um, you erect the shrine and there are certain promises that are uh, in a covenant that you make with Mary and God that certain promises she'll keep and certain promises you keep you make the covenant and then you keep the home shrine uh, and it's a great blessing and I'll local we'll I'll think we should do like a full episode on it because I think it's a fantastic thing you should. And I'm loving it so far but I would say this the um <clears throat> one of the promises that I think is like the strongest convincing promise that everyone who I know in show and set that talks about this is um, that uh, Mary, one of the promises of Mary in this covenant is Mary will educate your children. Mm. Is that she'll educate your children. And so by keeping this, you're ensuring that the blessed mother, it's an, it's an extra insurance that the blessed mother will help educate and form children. As we know, with like homeschooling and moms stuff like that like who's you know usually going to be spending the most of the time with kids raising them education at least in the younger years mommy right and so you want blessed mother to be a part of that process and invite her in and for her to assure that of their format and i tell you what um with my wife's family of all of her um they both come from like parents both their parents come from bigger ish families right and um all catholic families and of all the aunts, uncles, and cousins, and everyone else, or whatever, like they're the ones that became, you know, Schoenstatt, kept it. And all four of their now adult children are still like actively participating in the faith. There's in their family, they have um, a boatload of great grandchildren, right? From between three of their four children, right? And like most of the great grandchildren from the family line, like come from that one family who practices shown sex. So just like, like hmm. it's it's um, been a, a, a great thing, and so I'm excited about it, and it's wonderful because I go and I sit in my rocket chair, face my Marian shrine, and just like contemplate, pray, gaze, you know. Um, and so it's been good. It's been good. good. So, um, so I've really been enjoying that. Uh, you kind of have your own little prayer corner of sorts. It's the most important well, spot in the house, right above the foot, right above the mantle in the fireplace. Right. So right. it's like whole, you take, oh, it's funny during the consecration. No, 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 I won't go into it. I'll go to, we'll save it for another yeah, episode. Save it for another episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All Nothing right. Everything is content. Nothing is sacred except the sacred things. No, it's it's very sacred. It's just we have another topic for tonight, so let's do that topic. Tonight. I know we were talking about physical stuff. We got to get up our spiritual. Like, let's talk about training time, which we're actually talking about training, which is building. What's what, what's the when someone say you say I work out and I lift weights? What's the one thing they always ask you? How much can you? Oh, how much can you lift? Bench. There See, the go. question is, how much can you deadlift? That's what the question should be. No, no, no how much no, can you? Be- no how much can you cares. bench? No one cares. No one cares how much you can deadlift. They're like, oh, okay, good. Have fun breaking your back and pulling your hamstring. Like, do whatever. They only care about your bench press because that's the one exercise. It's like the king of it. So, like, okay, let's talk about 
Um, I know most of you, you know, everyone's under quarantine, but like, I think more and more people are buying home gyms. I think they're about to open up gyms in a lot of places. That's one of the businesses that's going to be reopening and, uh, people are going to want to get back in it. And I think the, what I want to talk about today is like how to build a big bench press. So not necessarily just like how to bench or the importance of benching or whatever, but like, okay, my goal is strength. I want to be, be able to lift as much weight as possible for whatever particular reason you may have it. Like we've already talked on like why you may want to do that, whether it's longevity, whether it's sport, whether it's just because you want to have a big a bench. Go- a goal to attain. A goal to attain because it's going to help you train harder and actually focus right. your energies. So, okay. Big bench, building a big bench. Uh, um, what do you think off the top of your head are like – the average Joe off the walking off the street, what do you think you got to do in order to build a big bench? What's the first average? You gotta, first you, you got to not overshoot. Cause then you hurt yourself. Okay. <laughs> so like, that's going to slow you down. Like, are you um, saying like, it, like oh, lifting too heavy too soon? Yes. Yeah. Oh, trying, okay. trying to get too big, too fast. Um, trying to keep up with the guy next year. Uh, I think. Sure. I think at least with the people that I've come in contact with, the the standard is they go in and expect that they should easily be able to put up 135. You know, yeah. a couple of 45-pound plates on a bar and bench it. But the reality is, is there's a lot of people out there. Yeah, there's a lot of men out there that, especially if you haven't been benching um, or doing using those muscles – yeah. You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna put that up so the first thing you gotta do is figure out where you're at and check your ego gain your start check your ego figure yeah. out where you're at and figure out what your starting point is and just worry about you worry about where where you are and where you want to get to and sure. not not be looking at the guy next to you because who knows how long that guy's been at this yeah. i mean if i were to walk in and you were at the bench next to the one i picked and I look at what you're benching and think, well, I got to keep up with that guy. I'm screwed. <laughs> Let's just face it. I'm screwed, man. My personal yeah. best is not even what you do on a light day. Um. So <laughs> I'm just, you know, that's just the reality of it. Well, um, but I, I haven't been working at my bench like you have. This is true. This is true. This it's been my main, it's been my main focus for many years. Um, so, uh, Okay. Okay. That's so I would say that's I the think, first, yes. First thing, yeah. check your ego and figure out where you're at. Start and figure find out where your you're starting, at. starting. Sure. Point. Even if you used trip. to bench a certain amount, don't walk in and think you can do that. If you've been out of the gym, even for a month, or even if it's just been since, you know, the whole shelter in place thing, those yeah. guys should know, but it's hard. It's hard to accept that sometimes that I was yeah. here and now I've got to drop down to here because I haven't been doing this for two months. Well, I guess for my thoughts on my thoughts on the um, gaining muscle back after we get out of here will be quick, but uh, if you do it right. So if you expect to be able to lift the same amount of volume as you previously did, that's a no-go. But I think if you increase the intensity, so if you increase the intensity um, via um, progressive overload of the weight itself, so actually lifting heavy weights – so doing um, a couple reps and building up to a very heavy weight and just seeing where that gets you, I think what happens is your um, 
you're waking up your nervous system mm-hmm. to learn how to reflex the muscle. Cause I don't, if you've been active, as long as you've ever been actively sedentary or whatever, and had complete garbage of diet, you're in, which let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. it's like, if you've been strong for a long ish time, so for a few years, you've been actively lifting weights and doing things like that. As long as you, if you don't have a particular body type and you've been eating enough protein and nothing, the muscle's still there. It might be under some more fat and your body remembers what it was like to be strong and it's going to be real quick to get it back. But I, the be- And I think the best way personally to get it back, low reps, and then work up to a heavy weight and then sprinkle in volume on your next training session, on your next training session. And so like day one, come back two reps, two or three reps, just for sets of, sets of three, work up to a heavy three at like an RPE eight or nine, and then do some back down sets and do some back down sets. And then, um, okay, what if, be, what if you're coming in as an absolute beginner? absolute beginner you're like or even just yeah weightlifting has not been your thing you've been doing other stuff you've decided okay now that this whole thing's over i want to get in the gym or maybe you just picked up a home gym or something and you want to or maybe you've been working at this for a long time trying to build it up and it just hasn't been working sure okay where do you start i say like let's start with newbies so like if you're brand new to wanting to lift heavy first if you're brand new welcome yeah moving on (laughs) Uh, uh, um if if you if you're wanting to start a fives are your friend so fives are your friend so five reps and at least five sets that's basically what you want to that's what you want to go for with five pound weights i'm just kidding maybe five pound weights i don't know depends on you so i guess most i think most people they haven't ever followed a program that's a good program Mm -hmm. so if i was brand new if i was brand new i'd start with a a program built for beginners like starting strength when you're talking about building a big bench um there uh there's starting strength there's the five three one um there's some other methodologies but i think for my money i like I, i i like starting strength um, cause I think it's the easiest, it's the simplest, it's like idiot proof. It's, 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 which basically is five sets of five reps of the exact same weight. If you succeed at lifting five sets of five reps of that exact weight, you get to add five pounds next bench press day. You work out three times a week where every day you're basically doing a squat, a bench, a deadlift. And sometimes you'll switch out your deadlift with um, back row. You'll also throw in some overhead press as well. So you're getting a full body workout uh, essentially with it, with the compound movements. And then um, you work out three times a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, however you want to spend it. So like every other day you're lifting and every workout, if you succeeded the previous workout at that particular exercise, you increase the weight by five pounds. So like say, you're starting off squats, you squat the bar, 45 pounds. Okay, you did five sets of five and 45. Very next on that Monday, then the next Wednesday, you're doing that um, 50 pounds. Five mm-hmm. sets of five, 
that Friday you're doing 55 pounds and you're going to keep doing that until you plateau essentially. So um, it's going to allow you to uh, quickly go through and build up all those newbie gains, give you a very solid base. It's a lot of reps to work on technique because that's, I think, really, really important. So if you're a beginner, do a good, get a good program like starting strength to, uh, or the five, five through one or, or a five through one program, which is similar, except it's five reps, three reps, one rep. Um, and they have a different variations on how they do it. But so most for those who are interested in starting strength, Neil will throw that up on our social media for you too. So you can check out our Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can find links for that there. Yeah, I mean, there's and there's app. There's there, there's an app that you can get it, so you can even like track it on your phone. There's a free app and stuff like that. So it's a um, pretty well known program. The uh, all right. So I would say the next thing that you got to do is so you've maybe you've done benching a little bit, and you just did like three sets of ten all your life, kind of thing. Yep. Like the three and, sets of ten rule, everybody does it. If you if you're finally switched on three sets of ten or whatever, you need to vary. You need to lower your reps. So anything more than five is cardio, right? So uh, you're you're doing five <laughs> or less. You're basically doing five or less reps for your main lift. Now accessory workouts. That's when you get into higher reps and but things. But your working sets for building a big bench press are usually fives. Are usually fives. Sometimes sixes. Usually fives, fives, fours, threes, twos, and then on test day was when you actually will do you like your one rep max, you know, kind of thing. And um, the way that you increase the bench press is you need to in progressively overload. Like that's you need to test your muscles stronger, your muscle and your nervous system more than what it's used to. There's varying ways to do that. There's increasing intensity, so more weight more weight is is a great way to do it another way to in, increase your progressive overload more volume so that's more sets and more reps more frequency so lift doing it more often i think most people if you're doing like a if you're moving from like a typical bodybuilder split or like a physique split you'll like hammer your chest one day a week typically and really get that good pump, get the volume or whatever, get all chest puffed out and stuff like that. But then when you want to start building up a bench, like you can go anywhere from, I mean, there are some people who will do five times a week bench, benching, right? Like elite lifters and, and other things like that. But other than that, um, I, I'd say two max three under the guidance of a trainer for benching three times, like for two or three times a week. Um, and something else we should probably throw in here is if you're going to be lifting heavy, you're going to be trying to push yourself for weight. Uh, it is best to have a spotter or, which, or, I mean, a spotter. Yes. Or know how to use your lifting arms, your catches. Yes. I mean, and th that's, that's also very good, but still, I mean, if at all possible, it's best to have someone who can help pull it off of you if you can't get yeah. it back up. I mean, because like I work out, like I have the I have, I have the gym in the basement, right? So I lift heavy right. all the time by myself, and I've I have failed. Lifts, but you're also but... you're you're also much more adept at it. So yeah. for the beginners, sure. If you're gonna really be pushing yourself to that absolute limit, it's gonna be even if it's you know 
a spouse or roommate or if you're doing something in your own home or if you go to the gym, seriously, ask a random stranger around you to spot you. It's common courtesy. It's the it's, it's it like is. an unwritten rule. You always go and you spot someone. And plus, most of the time, if you're lifting something that's heavy for you, someone who knows what they're looking at and can see that will walk up and spot you anyways or get a super nervous and excited build. Like, am I going to have to go save this man? Yes. Because yeah. it's being an idiot. And that, so like, they would gladly just give you a bloody spot. If yeah. They might, they might say something like, let me finish, let, let me hit this set and then I'll spot you on my rest or something like that. But I mean, oh they'll, uh, the but number you, of times I've spotted for people when I still went to the gym because they asked for a spot, you just, yeah, sure. No, and, and that, that might, and well, I mean, my thing is uh, every time, I, but the problem is they steal your gains by touching the weight too soon. And oh. I basically, and I would tell people, I would tell people, so I always would preface this, do not touch the bar until you hear the word help or the weight goes backwards. And I mean, literally backwards. And so right. like, and I highly emphasize that. So like, cause I have gotten to, when I'm getting a heavy set, I I've gotten to some grinders and some sticking points where I'm trying to work through a sticking point mm-hmm. and I want to push through on that rep. Cause I'm really testing myself, which I don't recommend doing often. I, I honestly recommend doing it as little as possible doing those heavy grinders, but say like test day, right. Where yeah. everything's on the line, max out day. Um, uh, and I know that I can push through it. So I'm just like, don't touch it. If it goes backwards, Usually I can say, I can say help or it's going to start coming down. And that's when I like, okay, grab it then. Um, But because I've had so many people, because if my speed slowed down just a little on the, as it rose, they started to help. They started to help because I think there was a period, at least there was a period where my chest was a lot stronger than my triceps. And so I was slower on the second half than I was on the start and until mm-hmm. I started getting a lot of extra tricep working. Okay. So you got to increase your intensity. So you got to have to eventually increase the weight, which is what the five by five does, right? There's just straight, it's same sets reps. It'll probably be more volume than they, you're used to and more frequency because you're going to be benching twice a week with that or three times a week. I got to actually, three times a week. you started with three times a week is what you were three talking times about. Week. Yeah. 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 It might be, they might have, I got to go back and look. It's been, a, it's been a minute. You know, there might have one day where you do a shoulder press instead of a bench, but you're still okay. working same, similar muscles. All right. Um, the, uh, uh, um, the other way to do it, one of the ways we've talked about on how you're supposed to train uh, during uh, lockdown is increasing your tension. Okay, so the other way to increase this progressive roll load is increasing tension. What you do is you're doing this by slowing down the reps. So you can do um, by like your push-ups or your bench or whatever tempo. So like four seconds down or four seconds slow on the way up and uh, really fighting against the weight on the way down. And I know a real popular thing um, uh, that like isn't used as much anymore is the negative. Right. Have you ever, have you ever done the negatives yep. before? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's kind of fallen out of, of popularity, but I, it's a way, one of the things about, um, hard part about doing what a negative is, is putting on a weight 
um, and lowering it as slow as possible than having your spot no and your spotter knows at the bottom he's going to help you pick it back up. Yeah. Or literally pick it up for you. And the um, one of the theories behind the negative is uh, most of the time during your uh, reps and sets and everything else like that, you're not you're focusing on the eccentric, not the concentric part of the movement. Yep. So you're not you're you're focusing you're you're not focusing on lowering the speed but there's been a lot of evidence to building up good strength and muscle on lowering it and also with a negative you can one of the ways of progressively overloading intensity wise is you can you can negative a weight heavier than you can actually lift yeah and so you can put on say your bench is you know 135 you can put on 155 and fight it fight it fight it fight it on the way down and then let it come down to your chest and then help with the help of your, your buddies pick it up off yourself. And it t- teaches your body that like, this is what it needs to be able to do. And it has to be able to do. Um, one other thing with uh, the tension, increasing tension is there's a great lift you could do when you have a, a squat or you, when you have a, when you're benching in a rack that's bolted to the floor, that's bolted to the floor. You raise the catches up, high and you bench you dick the bar you take the bar under the catches and you press into the catches and push as hard as you physically can for uh anywhere from five to 20 seconds you catch my drift on that Mm -hmm. so like you're pushing something that physically can't move um and one of the real ways that works for you um, there's different ways to do it is uh, your muscle fibers, they roll into effect. So your body only squeezes what is necessary to get the job done. And as it needs to, it, it, it'll fire in more muscle fibers as uh, it needs to get the job done. And so if something's really, really heavy, really, really heavy, uh, you like, or impossible to move, you're getting closer to that unreachable hundred mm-hmm. percent muscle fiber like push so like you're really rolling that in um and uh getting everything to fire so it's i think it's a great thing especially for like your nervous system to teach how to fire these things and i would recommend doing that at the end of training at the end of training and uh, um uh and not and doing it um maybe once every other week you know, not too often, not too often with that. It's, it's pretty intense and it's, it's taxing on your nervous system and you need to be able to recover from that. So, which is different than like taxing your uh, muscles themselves for yeah. recovery. Um, next thing, next thing, technique, technique, technique. technique. Um, what was that again? You, technique. Oh, right. Okay. Technique. Good. No, I, uh, so uh, did I, I'm like the last time we came over and I was talking about you about the technique and stuff like that. Um, do you remember, um, how like it helped you stabilize better for the lift? Yes. Okay. So, um, and it felt easier, correct? Yes. To lift the weight when you're more stable, you felt easier to lift and therefore better. Yep. Okay. Um, do if you want to, if you don't believe that technique is a, is an important thing and looking up a good, uh, look it up and talk about good technique, maybe we should do a whole other thing just on that. Um, 
bench something you know that you could do 10 reps of easy, right? 10 reps of easy. Then um, normal. Then pick up your legs off the bench, you know, like hold your legs up off the ground, like uh, um, like you're doing a crunch or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then bench that same weight again. Tell me there's not a difference. Oh, like, no, there's definitely a difference. Um, and, and what Neil was talking about with technique uh, the last time he came, I have a tendency when it starts to get like heavy and I'm starting to wear out for whatever reason, naturally my leg just kicks as I'm trying to get the thing up, which is not just me. It's, it's a common thing, but you really want to keep those feet planted in order to really get the, the um, extra push to get that weight back up. Yeah. I mean, so leg. I mean, working on leg drive, um, working on what, what is a proper and improper arch, getting a, getting a good base, um, and having a good bar path because people, a lot of people don't realize with bench press, it's not as simple as a straight line. It's not a straight drop down and a drop up. Yeah. Is if you do, if weights over shoulder, uh, uh, if the weights, uh, over your shoulder, hands are just a little bit wider than shoulder. You want to drop straight down on a straight line. That bar is going across like your collarbone and your elbow, your arms are 90 degree angles out from your torso and your wrists end up inside your elbow inside your elbow which is a compromised and weak position right so what is it you you bring it you you squeeze the bar in you bring the lower the bar and you want a 45 you know 30 to 45 degree angle between your torso and your arm your um and at the bottom of the bench and so you're actually lifting and the bar rests uh just on or below your nipples, essentially, if you're male, um, and you're or just above the sternum, uh, and uh, then as you press up, about halfway through, your elbows flail a little bit, and then you eventually get back up to where bars over shoulder, and so like it actually it kind of if you watch the fall, it's like it angles down, yeah, and then as you go up, it kind of follows uh, a, a similar but slightly different bar path up to actually have like the best technique for maximal strength for a bench press. Um, so I, I tell you what, when I first learned to properly bench, so not just what I did for all the years in rugby and football, which is just a straight flat bench, feet on the floor, back perfectly flat, trying not to kick my legs out, trying not to like hump the air or anything like that, but didn't know the <laughs> technique, like, like when your butt rises off the bench, Everyone knows about that, right? And uh, do that. And I actually got like the power lifter technique and started focusing on holding on it or whatever, like easily 50 pounds heavy, like 50 pounds on my bench press with a short amount of time. Um, that and pausing at the bottom were like two of the biggest things that helped me figure out a big bench press. Cause I was, um, I was using my, str- when you bounce, when you bounce the bar or you touch and go reps, yeah, touch and go rest without a pause at the bottom. If you do that all the time, you're just using the stretch reflex in your muscles, or you're literally bouncing it off your your torso, which you can't do with heavy weight. Um, to and it's dangerous, and you could you know hurt yourself really really bad. Um, like, but if you really want to build power, going being able to push from a stop, from a dead stop, up. I mean, that's true power. Yeah. 
Well, so, yeah, so, I mean, that's, and that's a good tip for any lifting that you're doing. If, if you can pause at the base before you pull or you push the weight away from, you know, depending on how, what exercise you're doing, rather than letting momentum be the thing that's carrying yeah. you through, pause and then yeah. go. Um, it'd be the, time the and a equivalent place. of, it'd be the equivalent of doing a push up and you stop at the bottom and then go back up. And it just, it adds yeah. a little something extra to it. Without resting on the bottom, without resting. Well, you don't, right? no, you, your, your body never touches the, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, your body never touches the floor. It's just your hands and your feet that are still on the floor, but you're, you're in that lowered position. Yeah. So you're, you're holding the tension at the, you're holding yes. full body tension at the bottom and then yeah. exploding up from that. Yep. So you're and the same is true with the bench. You're, you're getting, you're getting it down there. If you're doing it right, you shouldn't be like be resting it on the bar on your stomach or your chest or yeah, anything. It, it should, should touch, still be, it should touch it. It shouldn't be resting on you. Yeah. You should still be your arms that are supporting the weight. Yeah. I mean, it's minimal. It's, I mean, I'm not sure how much the, the difference is or whatever, but like it's, it's, minimal how much support your torso is giving to it versus your arms on there. But, um, that explosion, then, I mean, uh, cause it, it just, when you, when you drive with your legs, which learning proper leg drive bench press becomes a full body exercise and you get all of your things. And essentially when you get a good bench press arch, you squeeze your shoulder, you squeeze your shoulder blades back before you even get off the lift. You get a proper arch, you set your feet properly. When you, before you pick up the bar, your butt squeeze, your legs are pushed in about 50%. Then as you lower the weight down, right before you drop, right before you drive the weight back up, your legs then are flexing at a hundred percent you're pushing up or whatever and all that momentum that's wanting to push your body up the bench mm -hmm. is pushing your shoulders back down to the floor and you're getting that opposite momentum to push the weight up and so that's what's in um that's going to help you be able to utilize more muscle. And frankly, by having a better technique, you're able to move more weight by being able to move more weight. You're going to cause greater results in your training, in your nervous system and your muscles. And so like, it's all interrelated using all these different things. Very, very important. Um, which is why the last tip I want to give is just like putting variety in there because yes, you want to do something like a strength training five by five to build your base. And like, it's the, it's boring it is monotonous. Like it is the same thing and you know exactly what to expect, which is a good thing, but it has no variety and different body types respond better to different varieties and everything else like that. And I've talked a little bit about the difference between like a power day and a speed day and trying to work the different equations of, of F equals MA. So, you know, we've talked a lot about mass. We haven't necessarily talked about acceleration. And so like we could talk more about like having an acceleration and speed days. So you, if you're lifting more frequently, you have one that day that's your heavy day and then you have a speed day. And so that's what I like to do is, is I got a heavy bench day and I got a speed day. And so on my um, heavy bench day, I'm working up to either fives, threes, twos, sometimes a one on a heavy bench, then a couple work back sets of like about 67% of whatever I get up to that day, like three sets of eight of back down sets. Then on speed day, I'm doing uh, eight to 10 sets of three with um, at most 
like 55% of my one rep max. And I am doing three reps explosive. So bring it down, throw the weight up, punch the weight up, bring it down, punch the weight up. And I'm using, usually using some form of accommodating resistance so that I have to push harder on the way up. And even on heavy days, we'll use accommodating resistance in various forms, but particularly with speed days, you definitely want that. Um, because uh, it's so light that you need some, you needed to uh, prevent that your initial momentum from taking you way through so that you're actually exploding the whole muscle through the whole entire thing. So you want some form of accommodating resistance um, for it. But like, if you're hearing this, you say, oh, this is a little way too much information. Essentially this, if you're doing five reps, you want five sets of heavyweight. If you're doing four reps, like you will run doing six sets. If you're doing, you know, three reps, seven, eight sets, two sets of two, like 10, sometimes 12 sets or whatever. And set like sets of ones, you're just doing ones all the way up and doing a bunch. But if you're doing like, but like never, I, I, I don't know anyone who actually prescribes or recommends like just doing sets of ones. Yeah, that doesn't really, really you kind of you work up to a single set of one uh if you're trying to go for your one rep max, but you're not gonna Yeah. Yeah, that that that's not really beneficial to you to just sit down on the bench and knock out a rep and then yeah. wait and then do it again. Now I would say the other thing is so if you're getting into this and you're brand new, decreasing your reps down to about five five reps at the beginning but making sure that your volume is still good, which is why we're adding more sets in than you probably used to um, and more frequency. And so when you're thinking like, like calculate your total volume moved and try to maintain over your workouts uh, that same volume and increasing it as well. So like looking at, um, I think, Oh, I was trying to remember what was I doing? I was doing anywhere from, uh, when I, when I was really tracking it, when I was really, really tracking it, um, about 10,000 pounds of volume, just benching was about the sweet spot. Um, because I think when I would get into too much more, um, it was too taxing. I wasn't recovering from it. Just something wasn't going, mm. something wasn't going on or in order to get that much volume, it was sloppy work. Yeah like the technique decrease and stuff like that. And so um, granted you can get, so you can divide that up how you want based off of your, what you're trying to go for, but building up good amount of a goodly amount of volume um, in your, and so basically all you have to do is like take whatever sets and reps you did that day, sets and reps and weight, mul- do the multiplication of it. And that's what you, how you calculate your volume. Yeah. So um, I think that's a good, it's, it's a good way of just checking yourself about like, did I actually get enough work done in the day? Cause like maybe you did 10 sets of 10 with 135 in like German volume training stuff. And like, okay, that was good. But like, I don't feel, it doesn't feel the same as if I did, you know, a heavy lifting day and it may not, but like you still, if you did good work, if you're lifting 60, at least about 60% of your one rep max or whatever, you're within the working sets working sets anything less than 60 percent unless you're doing your speed day stuff typically isn't like gonna do much changing because it's like you know you could uh what is it how many miles can you run 
how, how many miles can you run a day uh and or, or like can you run or whatever like say you can run like two miles or something and that's like your whatever that's a good run for you or five miles or 5k something or whatever like and then um but like walk 10k to improve your 5k it doesn't quite work because you can walk a lot more steps and it's so low intensity if you're going like a leisurely pace mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily going to activate the change that you want to increase maximal speed in your 5k race which is why like what with runners you sprint right, right? you do sprints uphill you do uphill you do uphill sprints or whatever you try to increase your total of the thing and then you push a you apply sled that you apply you yeah you push a slide you do that stuff and then you apply that pace your top your top pace at your 5k then is increased and then you're trying to maintain a higher top pace over the distance of your 5k to increase your overall speed right so, just, you know you can't just go out and run just miles so, right to try and increase to try you can to increase your mile speed but like eventually if you're getting to the elite things or whatever the elite guys they're doing sprints so um, anyways, so that's just like my crazy shotgun shot uh, of ways to start building your big bench. A lot of different tips and tricks on there, um, but best of luck to you. Oh, last tip. Get some extra work on your triceps. Typically, people's chests are pretty strong and they get less things and they may need to do some extra like isolation work or whatever, but the main movers are your triceps. So, you know... Biceps are beach muscles. Triceps are the actual workhorses. Let's get some extra work done on them. <laughs> oh. Yes, that is true. And triceps are, and in truth, you actually don't want to have giant biceps without the triceps to balance them out anyway. So get that tricep work in. Oh my god, I forgot. I, I gosh, I forgot the the one last last thing. Last thing. I forgot one thing. I'm sorry. When you're building a fast car, you want good brakes, Mm. right? Whatever you do for your front, your bench, and your triceps, particularly with your bench press, you need to do twice that for your back, volume-wise. People ignore their back constantly. And it's the thing. So make sure it's programmed into your week. It doesn't necessarily have to be day up, although I think for your shoulder health – it's very important to do some um, during your cool down or your accessory work to do some back work, whether um, that's some face pulls, some banded pull aparts, some uh, pull ups, something to get your back working to make sure that your shoulders don't get rolled forward. So you don't start looking like yep. a Neanderthal because you bench all the time, but you never actually work your back. Your, your front can only get as strong as your back. And so if you don't have good back workout going on, you you're you're not going to be able to build that that big bench and so it's also good to make sure that those back muscles are activated before you really start trying to push for any big big weights on your bench or even just yeah. doing bench in general active I mean, that, that's you don't have to put, do a lot of work but just get them get them activated yeah, yeah. i um, mean it's priming i mean priming is huge in any of these heavy liftings or whatever, <laughs> so that's like why you do like for me, it's it's for warming up. It's like banded pull aparts. It might be some tricep pushdowns. It might be um, some lat pull downs or some like dead hangs or pull ups and some things like that uh, to 
like warm up. Like those yeah. are, and so those are warm ups. And I'm not trying to do work sets. I'm just, and it's lightweight. I could do 20 to 25 reps with the weight, that kind of thing with lap, at least with the lap pulls. I can't do 25 pull ups, but like, um, but at least, you know, I'm, I'm going through the most, I'm getting that tight squeeze, that kind of thing. Maybe even just take the bar and just, you know, row the bar and, and get moving. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've given you a shotgun of information about building a big bench. Uh, let me know how you thought. If you're, it wasn't exactly systematic, but it sure was effective at least, I hope. Uh, and also just as a reminder is we are the, um, we are prayer and pushups and we do focus on both the, the physical health as well as the spiritual health. This, this also applies when working on prayer and other things to um, throw in a variety, but also to not over overshoot. So if you're, you're new to daily prayer, it's good to get good prayer time in, but don't set such a high standard for yourself that you can't meet it. And then you get discouraged and quit. So, yeah, I mean, you, um, you, you only work out, you only do so much working out that you can recover from not what you can do that day. You might be able to do a lot more than you think and, but you won't recover from same thing. One day you feel the spirit move and you're like, I'm going to do two hours, a holy hour. And then the very next day you forget to pray. Right. And it wouldn't have been better if you just showed up more consistent every day and then worked up into getting to those holy hours and those, those other things like that. Yep. Daily holy hour kind of thing. The the beauty is the prayer does not require recovery. So, um, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this return to the physical training aspect. Uh, we will be back next week. And as we kind of mentioned earlier, but Neil, where can they find us other than wherever they are listening to their, this podcast. So you find us at the prayer and pushups podcast at gmail.com. You can email us, please email us. We want to know if you're out there guys. Uh, <laughs> um, if you've made it this far, shoot us an email just to say hi, or to pick the, Hey guys, I want to talk. I want you to talk about this. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Let's do it. Um, and uh, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, got a pretty active Facebook page, Twitter. We're on the Twitter prayer and pushups podcast, facebook.com slash prayer and pushups, Instagram and YouTube. We were talking, maybe we're going to throw this one up there on YouTube. So just see what happens. See what happens. Um, we'll be, we'll be putting more on the YouTube channel one way or the other shortly. At least that's our hope. We're, we're short leggedly content for that. Cause everything is so. content. Let's do it. Content, content, content. And what else do we have to do? We're only, you know, Husbands, fathers, working full-time. Graduate school. Graduate school for you. Not doing grad school anymore. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh-huh. um, building raised flower beds and so much other outdoor chores. Yep. My garden's going to be epic this year, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, My wife's garden will also be epic. I will have nothing to do with it other than maybe helping build stuff for it. Anyway, that is all for this week. We hope you are doing well with your time spent in your shelter at home. Don't forget to put up on Facebook or Twitter and hashtag prayer and pushups, hashtag live intentionally, hashtag Corona goal.
Oh my gosh. Give us your Corona goals. Um, but until then, everybody, let's, well, I'm not going to say let's get out there. Let's just live intentionally. That's gorgeous out. Get out there, live intentionally.